Destination Medicine is a joint project of the regional training hubs. This podcast series brings you medical students' accounts of their experiences in applying to study medicine. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. Tassie born and bred, Joseph Freeman enjoyed the outdoor life. So after school, and without a high school certificate, he enrolled to do outdoor recreation at TAFE. Now he's a third-year medical student at the School of Rural Health in Dubbo. So how did that happen? It's been quite a process, Joe says, but he has taken his time to explore the options. And one of his big messages to others is the range of pathways available to those who aspire to study medicine. If you don't get in first time, he says, don't panic, because there are alternatives. Joe Freeman tells Heather Dawson more about his own journey to medicine, already in another career, but starting to consider his options. I was a few years out of school and I was working in outdoor education and I thought I'd really enjoyed the first aid aspects, the rescue aspects, and I thought, oh, paramedics, I get to do a bit more of that. And then Googling around, I just found myself potentially being drawn more to medicine because of the scope, really. But I always and still do to an extent kind of think of doing paramedic type work in medicine. So did you ever consider other health professions apart from paramedics and potentially being a doctor? No, I didn't. I think just because, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting roles that I just didn't know about and never thought about because I was just coming at it from the rescue adrenaline angle where a lot of other allied health, which I now think would be really great, just wasn't on the radar. What were their reactions when you told the people that you know about your career move? Well, my family, I think, always thought I was bright enough that I could go to uni and do well if I wanted to. And so they were supportive. My friends in Outdoor Ed, they had a bit of a laugh. I'd just been watching Scrubs for a while, which I maintain had nothing to do with it. But then they teased me about that, obviously. And then also they just thought I was a little bit too erratic in personality. And so one of them jokes that he would get a tattoo saying, Joseph Freeman must not touch me if I ever get brought to the ED. So, yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a weird move and not many people would have gone from outdoor ed to medicine. So I think they're a bit surprised and I think they're a bit dubious, but it worked out in the end. Well, your parents obviously thought you could get there, but was it hard to get accepted into medicine? I think there's a lot of ways in and like most things, it's a bit of a numbers game where if you just keep on applying and keep on researching, then you'll crack it. Certainly it took me years and years to get in and I ended up just doing the full undergrad and going into postgrad medicine, which I initially thought I could wrangle it so I could get into undergrad medicine, but no, that wasn't happening. Well, tell us the path that you took then to get into medicine. So on deciding to go to uni, I just needed to get into any degree. And so because I'd done a certificate four at TAFE in outdoor education, they decided that gave me 65. And so I got into a Bachelor of Science. From that, I did it for a year. And from what I've seen, it's pretty easy to transfer once you're in between degrees to an extent. So I transferred to a Bachelor of Medical Research because that had a special pathway to get into medicine, which I didn't end up using, but that was sort of the plan. And so it was just a bit stepwise. You also did a diploma in music, just for a bit of variety there along the way? Yeah, I did some languages and the music was kind of before that even, but 
throughout the undergrad, I also did Diploma of Language and um, Bachelor of Philosophy. And it just kind of filled up the holidays, really, because I was just keen to be studying. And I didn't really overload much, but I just went away lots to different places in the holidays and did lots of exchanges and things. So I just kept it interesting. Well, how many universities did you apply to? And can you give any tips to the people listening to us now about the application and selection process? Yeah, I applied to, is it GEMSAS? It's taking me back only a few years. But on that, most of the universities in Australia, the postgrad ones I was applying to, they all use the same kind of external provider. So you just put in preferences. And then UCID doesn't do that. So UCID is one of the few that has a separate application. So I just applied for UCID and then I applied for lots through the preference system. And I ended up getting an offer through both and then taking UCID. So was there a particular entry pathway, rural, indigenous, any of those sorts of pathways that you could have taken advantage of? Yeah, I definitely did. I'm not Indigenous, but being from Hobart, that was categorised as rural enough. And so it's actually a very good bonus point they give you. And without really having to take the GAMSAT multiple times and really get on the grind terribly, there is quite a big allowance there. So that was very much appreciated. It was good. Tell us about your registration to do the UMAT or the UCAT, as it's now called, because I gather you had a a really bad dose of flu on exam day. So what happened? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many people sitting these things. So they're incredibly inflexible, which I don't blame them. So the UMAT in first year, I tried to sit it and then transfer to undergrad medicine. But I really had a terrible flu. So I went to them an hour or two beforehand and I said, I'm too sick to sit this. Can I take it another time? And they said, absolutely not. The only time we've ever given people a chance to sit it later is when they've been taken from the exam hall by an ambulance. So I went in with a box of tissues and a shopping bag and I just filled a shopping bag with dirty tissues, which it didn't matter to me in the end because the postgrad pathway was fine. But for the school leavers who were trying to get in, they would have really, really hated it. It would have been terrible for them. So <laughs> I was just blowing my nose like crazy. <laughs> How did you do in the exam? Oh, no, not well, no. I think it was 47th percentile or something, so that didn't cut the mustard. Well, as you're in a graduate program at the University of Sydney, you'd have been required to sit the Graduate Australian Medical School Admissions Test, the GAMSAT. Can you tell us a bit about that exam for you and how you prepared for it? Yeah, that one, I was very serious about getting into medicine and I had gone to undergrad purely to do so. So I was really gearing up. So I took it a year in advance, so in my second last year with the intention of seeing what I needed to study and then really getting into it over summer and taking it again. So I took it in Tasmania, which was great because there was probably 50 people in the room compared to taking it in Sydney, where I've heard it's in a stadium or something like that. And it's just thousands of people and very grim atmosphere. So that was very nice. I'm from Tasmania. And then on taking it and getting my results, I did do reasonably well. But then because of the rural business, then I did well enough. So I didn't have to take it in my final year and the results last. So that was great. Made it easy. Was there any particular preparation for your GAMSAT that you took that you think other people might be able to benefit for a bit of advice there? Yeah, there's sort of prerequisites when you look it up. So well, I hadn't taken any maths or science past year nine before I went back to uni. And so you kind of need, I think it says year 10 maths and physics might have changed. And so I took as summer schools those units 
So I had taken them quite recently to taking the exams. So the physics one really helped. And then apart from that, I think because I, like everyone, kind of just took Bachelor of Medical Research, which most unis would call Bachelor of Biomedical Science or something like that, those degrees are really geared up for GAMSAT. Like they do align fairly well. And then because there is the essay section and the social science section as well, I guess just overall that I took an arts degree concurrently, then it helped, I'm sure. But I think more so just taking the degree, which is very closely aligned with it, doing physics. It's pretty generic advice, but I think everyone knows, you know, they just jokingly refer to it as a Bachelor of GAMSAT because it's got the right stuff. Now, I gather you went to Indonesia for your fourth year in your Bachelor of Medical Research under the DFAT program. How was that? Yeah, it was so good. I mean, I really enjoyed undergrad, but I had a sense that I was waiting to do medicine because that was what I intended to do. So rather than just sit in a chemistry lab for a few years, I was really looking for things to mix it up. And that was a really interesting program. And I just got to do a lot of intensive language training, take a lot of exchange units in Jogjakarta. And it was just really fun. And yes, I mean, it's very, very much recommended. And aside from that particular program, for listeners, the Australian government just has a big priority in upskilling young people to build connections with Southeast Asia particularly. So if you look around, you'll just find there are heaps of scholarships. Well, going back to your application process, Joe, you would presumably have had to sit interviews. So what do you remember about the interview process and how did it go for you? The interview process, when I look back at it now, it's all quite fortuitous. I took the GAMSAT and then got into UQ based on my GAMSAT score, University of Queensland. And then the opportunity popped up to do the University of Sydney interview and I was in Indonesia. So I did it by webcam and I approached it in quite a relaxed way, which I think really helped me because I had the, the assurance of UQ behind me. And so, yeah, it was just very interesting, just ethical conundrums that you just needed to mull over out loud and if it remains similar now in terms of the format then my advice is just really think out loud and just try and go through a whole series of perspectives if they present to your situation don't tell them what you think is the right response tell them a range of responses and what are the pros and cons for all of them you're now studying at a rural clinical school campus in Dubbo I understand how's that experience been for you in comparison to being in you know metropolitan placements no, the lifestyle is really good. Being from Hobart, I appreciate the slightly quieter place and also the outdoor. I lived in smaller towns. So from a lifestyle perspective, it's right up my alley and it's just good. You make your own fun and you're not caught in traffic and just commuting for hours every day. So I think really just have heaps more free time because we're in student accommodation that's right next door to the hospital. So that's awesome. And then the hospital itself, some rotations have been a little bit quiet. And there are some, for example, paediatrics where any of the higher acuity or more unusual presentations actually do get retrieved to Sydney. So you do miss out on a little bit. I think you get a lot more contact with registrars and junior medical officers and consultants as well. You just get lots of time to speak to patients and just be around the ward because they're not packed in with medical students. So really good. Do you have a long-term plan? Do you think you'll stay in regional Australia or do you think you might head back towards metropolitan Australia? My preference would probably be doing regional and rural things 
and my girlfriend's currently in Sydney, so that will probably draw me back there a little bit. But I definitely imagine that I'll be moving around and definitely some of it, probably most of it will be rural for me. Just what I enjoy, yeah. <laughs> well, we often ask people for this podcast series about imposter syndrome and whether, you know, they've suffered from that. Mm-hmm. Have you suffered from imposter syndrome at all? I have to say probably not. It's just my personality is that I think I have quite a even temper where, I mean, I certainly appreciate I look at the doctors and I think, oh, geez, like they, they really do know a lot and it seems impossible. But then logically, and I know that anyone who does suffer from imposter syndrome is they're not able to think logically and that's the problem, but everyone's been through it. Everyone's been in third year and seen registrars and thought that's impossible. So I just trust the process that after I'm sitting around the hospital for a few more years, I'll probably turn out something like them, maybe a bit stupider, maybe not. (laughs) So personally for me, I can't really offer much because yeah, I do all right. Well, there are a lot of different study techniques, Joe. Have you found the right one for you? Yeah, well, I do questions and I try and do just predominantly questions. And there's a lot of resources. There's just, I think more than any other field, medicine just had so much resource available on the internet and everywhere. And I think that that's sort of backed up by psychological and educational research that questions really do work the best. But even if not, it's what I enjoy. And I think if you study in the way that you enjoy it, you'll study for longer and you've got to study for long. So if you really enjoy a method, you're going to do it for longer. You're going to learn. So do you have any key messages for people about your overall experience in applying to do medicine, Joe? Yeah, my main piece of advice, don't think that it's the end of the world if you don't get in through one process because there are others and, and you'll be better off for it if you don't get into undergrad. Pick a degree you're interested in and just enjoy something else because, you know, once you graduate, you're going to be working in medicine for the rest of your life, probably for most people in a very similar role for the rest of your life. So if it takes a few years on the front end, it's probably a good thing. And there's just so many different ways to get at it. So yeah, don't have a breakdown if you don't get in the first time. That's all. That's Joseph Freeman, a third year medical student from the School of Rural Health, Dubbo. We trust you've enjoyed this episode of Destination Medicine, a joint project of the regional training hubs. The hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.